It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You are Locked On Redskins. Your daily Washington Redskins podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. It is episode number 331 of the Locked On Redskins podcast. Great to have you with us. I'm Chris Russell. And right to our content, because we have a lot of it, we'll talk about Jay Gruden's interview with Diana Rossini on the Dan Levitard Show on ESPN Radio. Uh, he said some interesting things. I put up a big clip of it that they uh, put out on YouTube from the show. Uh, it's pretty interesting. Uh, if you want to hear about that, you can put it up, or you can check it out, rather, at Locked Redskins, at Locked Redskins. Uh, I think it's about a six-minute clip or so. Uh, as well, we're going to talk about the Tread Williams trade rumors uh, because those are starting to percolate over the last 24 hours or so to 48 hours. And we addressed a little bit of it on the Crossover Wednesday edition, episode number 330 with Brian Peacock of Locked On 49ers, but also Kyle Shanahan. In addition to the trade Williams trade rumors, Kyle Shanahan, of course, coming back to FedEx Field. Not that he hasn't been back before. Of course he has. Uh, he was back with the 49ers in his rookie year as a head coach. That was a game that the Redskins actually won. Uh, but he had some interesting comments to say about the Redskins organization in his time in Washington. Uh, so we want to get uh, to all of that. Uh, either way, it is good to have you with us. I'm Chris Russell. And away we go. Uh, let's get you the injury news and notes from Redskins Park on Wednesday. Bill Callahan, interim head coach, opened up by congratulating the Washington Nationals, as he has now uh, the last uh, couple of days after uh, a postseason win. So good uh, to hear that. Um, but from a football perspective, he said they still don't know about Chris Thompson just yet. Uh, however, he did not practice, and... You know, again, it's been reported that he has turf toe. I don't know if that's exactly the diagnosis, but either way, it doesn't look like Chris Thompson is going to be available uh, for this Sunday. And that's an injury that could linger for a week, two weeks, four weeks. We don't know. Uh, with his injury history, you'd tend to think it could linger more, uh, but that's just me. Maybe that's me being negative. All I know is I don't know exactly what it's like to have turf toe, but... You know, I, I know it's a painful thing, and I understand that it can be pretty limiting. Uh, with that being said, the Redskins are obviously very thin at running back. They did sign Josh Ferguson, uh, who's bounced around with uh, Houston and Indianapolis a couple of times. Uh, they worked out Capri Bibbs, former Redskin running back, uh, who made an impact last year despite being cut a couple of times. Uh, had a couple of touchdowns and, quite honestly, was one of their most productive offensive players uh, outside of Adrian Peterson uh, last year. 
Um, speaking of Adrian Peterson, Adrian Peterson did not practice, nor did quarterback Case Keenum on Wednesday at Redskins Park as the Redskins got ready for, uh, began to get ready for the San Francisco 49ers who come in at 5-0. and oh. and, and Bill Callahan just said, look, you know, we're just trying to take care of them, you know, veteran guys, take care of their bodies. A little bit better. It's possible Darius Geis could return to practice in about a week, week and a half or so, according to Callahan. And that is the timeline uh, for him on IR. He was asked about Bryce Love. He said he's just still in the rehabilitation process. Doesn't look like uh, he's really all that close in terms of helping out the Redskins. So uh, one of the things that I, I think also that we're finding out about Bill Callahan uh, in terms of you know how he's going about this, he understands that he has the support and the full support of Bruce Allen. Uh, that as long as Bruce Allen is in charge of football operations, Bill Callahan can just about do whatever he wants to do. Uh, and they've been working long enough together, and they know each other, and Callahan is an, a Bruce Allen guy. Um, which is kind of weird and ironic is the best way I could say it because it doesn't seem like the two of those personalities would mesh and match up. You know, maybe Bill Callahan doesn't um, deal with, quite honestly, uh, a lot of the perspective that we all have in the media and many of this fan base has you know maybe he looks at Bruce Allen in a higher regard than than most of us do I'm sure he does uh, maybe he's just you know going to stay out of that and stay out of the politics and say you know what he, this guy likes me and I'm gonna keep my job and I'm gonna get paid very well and I'm just gonna do what I do um, I don't know the nature exactly of their relationship, but it can't be bad because, again, they've been affiliated at both uh, Oakland and for a long time here in Washington. Uh, I did want to, um, you know, kind of clear up some things here, though, uh, and get into this. Callahan, again, is a coach that is going to say, look, we know how we have to win. We know we have to have ball control. We know we have to be able to run the football. We know we have to have a short to intermediate effective passing game. We know we have to have very few, if any, penalties out of the offensive line. He saluted those guys on Monday after the game. We played that for you on episode, I think it was 329. No penalties, no sacks allowed. Ran the ball for over 140 yards. I mean, they did everything that they were asked to do and then some. He knows what it takes to win. Bill Callahan is, in my opinion, based on how things were running with Jay Gruden. And this is not a slap in the face to Jay Gruden. He's an experienced, experienced football coach. Head coach to some degree, or at times, and an assistant coach who's been a part of a lot of staffs and a lot of different levels of football both college and pro, different organizations. I would say this. The Redskins are in pretty decent shape, if not pretty good shape, with Bill Callahan. He's a steadying hand. He's a very smart guy, I think. Um, I think he's a guy that believes in kind of some old-fashioned principles, working hard, um, not being overly player-friendly, but understanding 
uh, and adaptive to some degree. Um, I think the Redskins are going to play a much more disciplined style for Bill Callahan than they did for Jay Gruden. I think they're going to pay attention more. I think they're going to work harder more. We've already seen the result, or we've already said that, seen the change in that culture, if you will. Uh, and I know that word gets thrown around uh, a lot, but I think Bill Callahan is going to be a really good thing for the Washington Redskins in terms of short-term stability. I don't know if he's going to stay beyond next year. I have no idea. Uh, here's what I know. From what I've been told, and we reported this all offseason, Bill Callahan wanted out. He wanted out because he was tired of the drama behind the scenes. What I didn't know until just recently, according to a really good source uh, that I talk to on a regular basis, is that Bill Callahan's main frustration was with Jay Gruden. And Bill Callahan wanted out largely because of Jay Gruden, not because he was so tired of the turmoil and the circus behind the scenes just in general at Redskins Park, but because he and Gruden did not see eye to eye. And Gruden, apparently, from another source that I talked to, was kind of thinking, I want to move on from this guy. I want to get rid of this guy. I don't want this guy to be a part of my staff. Remember, he was brought here by Bruce Allen. When the Redskins decided to move on from Chris Furster, the offensive line coach who then got in trouble while down in Miami, Furster was Gruden's first-year offensive line coach. He was a holdover from Mike Shanahan's staff. And the bottom line is Gruden, it was thought, oh, this big coup to get Bill Callahan. Well, it was really and ultimately Bruce Allen that secured Bill Callahan. And... The marriage between Callahan and Gruden apparently wasn't, you know, apparently wasn't very good from what I've heard from multiple people. Um, and, and I knew it was strained to some degree. I, I did not realize, quite honestly, it was as dicey uh, as people have described it to me, uh, to the point where, again, Gruden wanted him to be let go. Uh, Bruce refused, and Callahan wanted out, and Bruce refused that, and here you go. Six weeks into the season, Jay Gruden is fired as head coach, and Bill Callahan is the interim head coach. I wouldn't absolutely be so sure that Bill Callahan is not going to continue uh, in this job, not only for the rest of the season, but beyond. I I mean, do I think that's absolutely going to be the case? No, because I don't know if Bill Callahan at this point really desires to be a head coach. I think he really desires to be, you know, an offensive line coach, a run game coach, uh, and a coach's coach and not deal with a lot of the BS, but also get paid very well, which Bruce Allen is going to make sure that he gets paid very well. The question will be is what happens when Bruce Allen, if he's not around? Uh, So we'll leave it at that. um, And we'll come back and we'll talk about Jay Gruden and his time on ESPN with Diana Rossini on the Dan Lebitard show. I'm Chris Russell. Good to have you with us. This is episode number 331 of the Locked on Redskins podcast. Peloton is offering a limited time offer, guys. Get $100 off accessories when you purchase the Peloton bike and get a great cardio workout at home. Go to OnePeloton.com and use the promo code LOCKED to get started. That's OnePeloton.com and use the promo code LOCKED in order to get started. All right, this is episode, again, 331, back in a flash on the Locked On Redskins podcast. 
If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Back here on the Locked On Redskins podcast. It is episode number 331. I'm Chris Russell. Uh, Make sure you follow at Locked Redskins because at Locked Redskins has... The portion of the Jay Gruden interview that was released to YouTube from ESPN Radio and I guess ESPN2, ESPN News, one of those two, uh, on the Dan Lepitard Show with our pal Diana Rossini co-hosting uh, on that particular day. And Diana's had a you know, long relationship with Jay Gruden, so she was able to get him on, so kudos to her. Uh, on that particular interview, Jay Gruden talked about not watching the Redskins' first win uh, on Sunday. And again, you can go hear the entire uh, portion that was released to YouTube uh, at Locked Redskins uh, right now. He, He didn't watch the Redskins win in Miami on Sunday, and I wouldn't have either. Uh, People are shocked by this. I have no idea why uh, two awful teams, uh, and just because he was just fired on Monday, why would he care? Why would he be interested? I wouldn't. You know, I mean, that's like if you're in a relationship and your girlfriend breaks up with you, would you go and watch her first date with somebody else? Hell no. Why would you do that? So people are surprised by that. I'm not. Uh, Number one, Jay loves golf. uh, And that's what he said he was doing. And number two, again, why would you watch that game? Why would you care? other than to see some of the people that you like do well, maybe, or try to do well. But then that hurts as well. And specific to that, that's the part that I wanted to kind of get into a little bit. Jay basically said that he was, quote, well, he didn't basically say it. He said it, directly quoting him, quote, that he was happy for some of the players and a few of the coaches to get their first win. Uh, That was the quote, happy for some of the players and a few of the coaches to get their first win, end quote. Now, listen, it could be that Jay Gruden basically said that casually and in a very cavalier manner where he's not thinking of the exact lingo and language that it's going to be parsed uh, and and cut up. That would be my overall thought that he didn't mean that as an insult to anybody Uh, and that he was happy for some and not happy for others. However, however, I have to point out, I have to point out that Jay Gruden is pretty sarcastic and biting and usually sends a message with his words. He knows what he's saying, and he knows what he's doing. So I can't in any sort of way rule out that Jay Gruden was not sending a message. And by saying it the way he did, not, I, hey, I'm happy for everybody there. Uh, great congratulations to, you know, to, to Bruce and Bill Callahan. They've worked so hard, blah, 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 blah. He didn't say that because he knows, A, that's not the truth. That's not the way he feels. And B, they just fired him. 
And as we mentioned last segment, Bill Callahan, Bruce Allen aligned at the hip. Why would he be happy for every coach? Now, he could have said that and people wouldn't have made any big deal out of it. But for him to say, I'm happy for some of the players and a few of the coaches to get their first win. A few of the coaches. Hmm. A few of the coaches, huh? Okay. So that must mean what? He's not happy for some of the coaches? Only happy for some of the... I, I don't know. Maybe he's only happy for Ike Hilliard, who he's brought back? I I, I don't know. Randy Jordan? I, I don't know. Um... I mean, well, here's what I do know. I know he's happy for Greg Minuski because he hired Greg Minuski, and him and Greg Minuski became pals. I don't think he's happy for Bill Callahan, and I think he's got reason to be. Uh, again, if I if you believe what I was told, Gruden wanted to move on from Callahan last year. Bruce wouldn't let him. Callahan wanted out. Bruce wouldn't let him. And now Callahan is the head coach. And Gruden is on a golf course. The other thing that he said was he thought the culture was was okay. It was fine. Um, but he did hesitate and he did pause when he was kind of drilled down uh, and asked, you know, about like differences of opinion and philosophy and all that stuff and whether he thought specifically Bruce Allen was responsible uh, for that. Uh, but while hesitating and kind of awkwardly kind of deflecting, he made it known that, you know, at some point he's going to say something or he'll he'll say stuff to certain people. Um, but he isn't going to say it specifically on the record in that interview. I mean, you could tell he just you know, he didn't really see eye to eye with Bruce Allen a whole lot in the last couple of years. And who would? Who would? I mean, Jay knows football. I didn't agree with everything Jay said and done uh, and thought, but Jay knows a lot more football than Bruce Allen. I can tell you that much. Um, and I would say this. He said, you know, look, that's the way it is in most. And he's right. The difference is, is there's a way to do this where one person doesn't have all the power and everybody kind of gets along and everybody's on the same page and everybody has the same vision. And clearly, Bruce Allen hired Jay Gruden because he was fond of his work as an offensive coordinator and Gruden as, you know, again. But when you work together every single day as a head coach, president, and general manager, there's going to be times where a divide grows. Just because you're fond of somebody six years ago doesn't mean that's going to be the same way six years later, right? Otherwise, there wouldn't be divorces and friends that break up and all that stuff. <laughs> so that's where we're at. In terms of this. Now, I don't want to spend too much more time on this. I do want to spend a little bit of time on how about Kyle Shanahan throwing some bombs. I mean, I've known Kyle for, you know, 10 years now. Uh, I don't talk to him on a regular basis. Uh, I wish him all the well. I, th I think he's a very good coach, um, very good offensive uh, mind. Uh, obviously, I know his dad, Mike. Uh, Kyle Shanahan, according to John Kime, when asked... Uh, about not making this game versus the Redskins personally, he said, quote, it's not my first time back there. I've moved on in my life. It's easy to not make it personal. The guys that it would be personal with don't play in the game, end quote. Who do you think that's intended for? Also, when he took to the media uh, with local reporters in San Francisco, he was asked about his time in Washington. 
And he said, you know, he enjoyed working with some talented coaches and his dad and some good players and nothing else. What does that tell you? (laughs) Again, Kyle Shanahan is still not completely past it. Uh, And if he has an opportunity to hang a 30-burger on the Washington Redskins and embarrass them in front of homecoming uh, weekend or alumni weekend or whatever they call this, he's going to. All right, back with more of the Locked on Redskins podcast next. At the end of a hard week, it's great to sit down, take some time off, and watch some football. Game-winning touchdowns on two-minute drives, running backs racing down the sidelines with nobody to stop them. There's nothing else like the NFL, and there's no better way to make the games even more exciting than betting on them, guys. So do the smart thing and go to mybookie.ag. No one gives you more ways to win than they do. MyBookie's got the fastest payouts and better lines than any other sportsbook. Don't forget, where you're betting is just as important as who you're betting on, and mybookie.ag is the best in the business. It's where I play, so you should too. Do the smart thing. If you're going to bet on football this season, and many of you are, bet with mybookie. If you're the kind of guy that likes to bet a little, win a lot, try a parlay. No matter how you bet, the NFL season is the best time of the year. So join now and MyBookie will double your first deposit. Use the promo code LOCKEDON to activate the offer, guys. That's promo code LOCKEDON and visit MyBookie.ag today. You play, you win, you get paid. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. All right, so while Kyle Shanahan was busy expressing some of his frustrations in a sort of kind way with different members of the media, uh, both on Washington and San Francisco's side, and Kyle, listen, uh, Kyle's not perfect. Uh, as my buddy Mitch Tischler of NBC Sports Washington pointed out, uh, Kyle Shanahan certainly um, was at least involved in uh, and could have done a better job managing some of the politics, some of the problems, some of the issues. Nobody's saying that Kyle Shanahan was completely innocent, just like nobody would say uh, that Mike Shanahan completely innocent. Nobody would say that. What I would say is this. There are much, much, much more sinister culprits, if you will, in that divorce. Um, Listen, Kyle Shanahan's confident. He's bold. He's somewhat cocky, somewhat arrogant. He knows he's good. His team is 5-0. He can say whatever he wants at this point. I don't know where they'll wind up. Lots of teams have started off red hot and have faltered down the stretch. So let's see what happens. But this is year three of Kyle's tenure with John Lynch in San Francisco. And it appears as of right now, as of right now, Uh, like they're building something pretty good. Now, about Trent Williams. Uh, Listen, there was this big report come out on Tuesday about Trent Williams potentially being traded to the Cleveland Browns. And the way the report was worded, uh, and I'm not, uh, the reporter, quite honestly, I have no file on. He works in Canton, Ohio, which is where my kids live. And I mean, I I wouldn't be able to pick him out uh, of a lineup. Uh, But, 
he he was close on something uh, in that while maybe he was aggressive in his in his language saying like he expects you know Trent Williams to be on the Browns shortly or however it was worded the two teams had talked John Dorsey the Cleveland Browns general manager admitted as much according to Cleveland reporters he said quote we've had a few conversations anything you want me to pass along to him it takes two to tango so what it sounds like is John Dorsey has been calling has had some conversations, but Bruce Allen doesn't really want to deal, which is what everybody has been told all along. I was told that. Uh, many of my colleagues was told that, uh, that they don't want to trade Trent Williams, and they're, they're still holding firm. Now, one of the reasons that nobody talks about as to why they're not trading Trent Williams is because they're getting a weekly cap relief for every week that he's suspended uh, by the team for not reporting, they get that back in cap credits, uh, you know, and in terms of the rollover for the 2020 uh, unadjusted cap or adjusted cap, I should say. So people have to remember that, that right now the Redskins are winning financially. Not only do they not have to pay him, but in terms of salary cap relief for a team that is going to have to absorb 20 plus million for Alex Smith for a team that's going to have to pay $3 million worth of dead money for Josh Norman, uh, you know, for a team that's going to have to come up with long-term deals for Deron Payne and Jonathan Allen for a team that is still stuck paying Jordan Reed, despite not getting that, you know, look, they're going to, they're going to have to, they, they need money. Under the salary cap, not that Dan Snyder needs money, but that's the main reason why the Redskins have not moved on from Trent Williams. Even though you can get draft compensation or player compensation, you can't get cap compensation. Like, I don't know how exactly the numbers would be computed and would be work out, being that, again, um, he hasn't reported, he's on the reserved did not report list I like I don't know all of the details uh, but the Redskins would still have to incur some dead money by trading Trent Williams now they'd shed all of his salary for next year and this year but right now they're shedding all of his salary because not there so right now they only have an unguaranteed portion of like 12 million dollars next year which again it's unguaranteed so there isn't a lot of financial incentive right now for the Redskins to trade Trent Williams. There is trade pick or draft pick or trade compensation. And um, that's what people have a hard time on understanding is why you would have this asset and then not trade him to get something for that asset. Well, again, trading him would cost the Redskins some sort of cap space. And dead money cap, that's what it would ha would would be. Holding on to him screws with his career, doesn't reward him, doesn't set a bad precedent that will just trade people if they're unhappy. And on top of that, the Redskins don't get all that money back. They get some of it, but they don't get all of it. So just keep that in mind. And I would say this, if a deal is consummated with the Cleveland Browns, it looks like possibly... Uh, David Njoku might be involved in that deal, former first-round pick 
at tight end. He's been banged up. He really hasn't delivered. He really hasn't kind of fulfilled um, what was thought of him. But the Redskins need a tight end. They're already they're already down three three tight ends, uh, two on IR and one who hasn't played in a couple of weeks in Vernon Davis, but three. So you take that for what it's worth. All right, we'll wrap this up right here. Locked on Redskins podcast. I'm Chris Russell. Thanks for being with us. Uh, back with another edition, episode number 332, just as soon as we can. Uh, don't forget to listen to Crossover Wednesday with Brian Peacock of Locked on, NFL, uh, Locked on NFL and Locked on 49ers, episode number 330. And you can hear all about Bill Callahan's first game as interim head coach uh, in episodes number 328 and 329. All right, back with 332 again, just as soon as we can before the weekend. Redskins 49ers coming up. Adios. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL Draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day.